What better thing can we do but lift him up today? Amen. Let's go ahead and take our Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And welcome all of you that are traveling to be with us this weekend. And please pray for our folk. We got a lot of folk traveling this weekend as well. People coming and people going. One short, one short wonderful gift. One short wonderful verse here, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Heavenly Father, guide us and direct us in the few moments we have remaining. Thank you for these songs. Thank you for the reading of the scripture. Thank you for this time of fellowship and that we could gather together in your name. Father, we pray for anyone here today without Christ, that this would be the day of days for them. Lord, as believers, may we grow more thankful and filled with praise for your unspeakable gift. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, obviously, this is a time of year for gift giving. I used to hear all the time about Black Friday. Of course, uh, that's morphed into a lot of other things, including Cyber Monday. But have you ever shopped for the perfect gift? Have you ever thought you gave the perfect gift? Have you ever thought, I just received the perfect, perfect gift? And I want to suggest to you this morning that God gave the perfect gift. And in the Word of God, it's called His unspeakable gift. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I'm all about the babe in the manger, but the babe in the manger grew up to be a man and die on a cross and be resurrected the third day in behalf of our sins, the payment of our sins. And this is an unspeakable gift, first of all, because of the need, the need that we had. I'm sure you've received a practical gift. And uh, guys all the time get handkerchiefs. Moms a lot of times get aprons. Uh, Some guys want to buy their wife a practical gift, so they get her a 300 Winchester Magnum. (laughs) And if she doesn't use it, he'll help her out with it. (laughs) I got a gift some years ago, Brother Weston. I heard you earlier. I know you're out there somewhere. Long, long time ago, when you were a single young man, you gave me a gift certificate to the shoe store. I bought a pair of of those shoes with the the spongy soles. And uh, I literally wore those things out until my wife threatened to divorce me if I didn't finally get rid of them. Once in a while, you get a gift like that. I'm I'm just going to admit something kind of funny. My kids will get a kick out of this. A number of years ago, my wife wanted some sewing furniture in her sewing room. And frankly, there's some things I'll try to pick out as gifts for her, but that's not one of them. So I just told her, I said, honey, I, I gave her a, a card. We were all together on Christmas Eve, as, as is our family tradition. And uh, she opened up the card, and, and I just wrote in the card, just, just get your furniture, get whatever you want. And so, uh, you know, I just figured she'd get started on that and get going. But she's really frugal, and she was doing a lot of shopping, and she was uh, thinking that it was kind of expensive, and it just, for some reason, during the course of the year, it fell off of my radar. And so the very next Christmas, I'm trying to think of something to get for her. 
And I went into her sewing room and I thought to myself, she doesn't have sewing furniture. She needs some sewing furniture. So I got out a card. And it must have been one of those senior moments early in the game. And I wrote, honey, get whatever sewing furniture you want. Merry Christmas. So we got together again on Christmas Eve the next year. My wife opened up the card. She looked at it, and she read it out loud, and my kids about died laughing. And they said, Dad, you got that for her last year. So we shop for the perfect gift. But you know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. We were dying for this gift, weren't we? The wages of sin is death. We were dying spiritually. We were dying of hardening of the heart. Uh, Brother Han read Isaiah chapter 53. The Bible says in that chapter, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. You know, a lot of times people think being a sinner has to do with committing heinous sins, terrible crimes, things that you could get locked up for. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. Self-will, rebellion, emptiness, enmity against God. The Bible says in the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves. We have a great need. That's why it's a great gift. We think of the scope of it. Did you ever get a gift that seemed to touch every aspect of your life? The wages of sin is death. We're dying for this gift we need this gift because we're dying not only spiritually, we're dying morally without it. I never thought in my lifetime I'd see Roe v. Wade on the ropes. But it is, isn't it? And yet at the same time, pornography and, and human trafficking, child trafficking, is surging in our very nation. We hear the news every day. It's hard to get around the idea of a trans whoever or a trans whatever being recognized and getting status. This world's in moral decline. Little by little, people begin to, as they age, give up their idealism until they're wallowing in the same moral filth. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We were dying spiritually and dying morally. The corruption of sin. Someone once said, sin never leaves you the way it found you. Sin will always take you further than you intended to stray. Sin will always cost you more than you intended to pay. And sin will always keep you longer than you intended to stay. It was a gift that we were dying for. Religion tries to dress it up. Religion tries to remedy the situation. Yet the Bible says all our righteousness is are as filthy rags, and our iniquities, they fade as a leaf. What happens with religion is man's self-righteousness tries to clean things up. And in the end, you know what we say under the influence of religion? We tell God that we're not as bad as he said we were. That doesn't remedy the problem. That's not the gift. Religion isn't the gift. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus had some hard things to say to the Pharisees about self-righteous religion. We end up with corrupted character. That's one of the reasons 
that we need this gift. We end up with corrupted values and a sense of responsibility. We end up with corrupted affection. And selfishness becomes the grand marker of these last days of perilous times. The Bible says men shall be lovers of their own selves. Did you ever stop and think about that? The one thing that God says as far as man's attitude and demeanor is one of the great markers of perilous times is the very thing that human psychology and culture is codified as wonderful. The greatest thing you can do now is to love yourself, to do something for yourself. In other words, be, be selfish. God says it's a marker of the last times. We were dying for this gift. From the sandbox to the White House, it's a practical gift. It's a gift that works. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Two little boys were staying at their grandparents' house, and the one little boy one evening was praying and praying out loud and praying very loud, and he said, I'm praying for a new bicycle. I'm praying for a new bicycle. I'm praying for a new bicycle. The older brother exclaimed, what are you shouting for? God is not deaf. And he says, yeah, but grandma is. (laughs) You know, this gift affects the way I eat and sleep. It affects the way I talk, the way I walk. It affects my affections, my desires, my ambitions, my emotions, my motives. And in the end, this gift affects our eternity. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It affects what I love. It affects the way I love. It affects what I hate. It affects the way I hate. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Think about those for a second. You know, a lot of times we're our own worst enemy when we're walking in the flesh. Selfishness takes over. It ruins marriages. It ruins relationships. And it's ruining this tired old world. And yet the Bible gives us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. You know what? No matter what kind of person you are, you can't fake all nine of those at once. Now, depending on your personality or temperament, you might be able to get by on three or four or five, but there's no way you can bear those nine things without the Holy Spirit living inside of you. That's what this unspeakable gift gives us. The Bible says, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, All things are become new. How is it that we hear so many stories of men and women, their lives have been turned around from a life of drugs or or alcohol or some other sin and debauchery and vice that had a complete hold on their entire lives, and yet they're completely turned around? It's because of this great gift. Lastly, let's talk about the duration of this gift. Did you ever get a gift? It just seems like it lasts and it lasts. You know, a lot of times when our kids were growing up, and back in those days, most of your gifts came in boxes. Now they come in this plastic container that seems like it's, it, it, it's sealed, 
you know, in case of an atomic, an atomic attack or something. Honestly, I've, I've tore my hands up trying to rip those things apart. But back in the day, the, the kids would get their toys in their boxes, and sometimes I'd notice them playing with the boxes later on in the day more than the toys. You know, when you start getting clothes as a kid, I remember when I was a kid, you'd go under the tree and you'd take the boxes and you'd shake them and you'd try to guess what was in there. And if there was something clunking around, it was probably a toy, something you really liked. But as I got a little bit older, I noticed that some of the boxes weren't making any noise. And I found out when I opened them up, they were things my mom liked. Because I was getting some new clothes. She thought that was great. Then I really knew I was starting to get old when I would shake those boxes and they wouldn't make any noise, I'd open them up and there were clothes and I liked them. <laughs> but some companies say the gift, they offer the gift that keeps on giving. I, uh, when, when we were raising the kids, we would get a, I, would, I would get a ski pass for, for Bogus Basin. The family would uh, get me that. But you know what? The snow still melts every spring, doesn't it? It still melts every spring. I was on the phone with my grandson the other day, Gabe, and he's looking forward to coming to winter camp with high school, and we were talking about doing some skiing. But I do remember the days of getting the ski pass, but the snow, it does melt every spring. The Bible says the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life, folks. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift because it's eternal life. It was the day after Christmas, and a pastor in San Francisco went to the, the manger scene in front of the church, and he noticed the baby Jesus was missing. He got looking around, and he, and he looked and saw a boy walking down the street away from the church pulling a little red wagon. And he went up to the boy and saw the little baby Jesus in the wagon, and he said, hey, he said, uh, where'd you get that baby Jesus? He said, I got it back over at the church over there. And he said, well, why did you take him? He said, well, I prayed. He said, I prayed to God that if I would get a little red wagon, I would take Jesus and a ride for it. You know, we were dying not only spiritually, not only morally, but we're dying physically, and that's why this is such a great gift. Every hospital attests to this. Every cemetery testifies to the same thing. I was saying to the church here not too long ago on a Wednesday night, I'm reading this book on the great influenza during that period in 1918, 1919, and 1920, this thing would strike so hard, people would get their first symptoms at 10 in the morning, they'd be dead by 4 in the afternoon. Yet the Bible tells us as believers, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible tells us as believers that as Jesus Christ was raised for the dead, so will we, and live forever, and live forever. There's all kinds of rumors and legends and myths about a fountain of youth but folks if you know Jesus Christ and you've received his unspeakable gift you have discovered that fountain of youth I was thinking this morning for a little while Rich Wilson going home to be with the Lord but he's coming back up again I was thinking about Rich Swore who years ago went to be with the Lord but he's coming back up again I'm thinking about Pastor Hal Roscoe, an old friend up in upstate New York who just went home to be with the Lord, but he's coming up again. I was thinking about Ricky Peterson who went home to be with the Lord. What a sweet lady, what a sweet spirit. And she's coming back up again. 
I was thinking of Art Lillard. Some of you guys remember him in prayer meeting. And Art's coming up again. I was thinking of Pam Service, who went home to be with the Lord many years ago. And, he's, and she's coming up again. I was thinking of Brother Pete McKenzie. And he's coming up again. I was thinking of little Chloe York. And she's coming up again with a perfect body. I was thinking of little Jared and little Brian, who didn't live very long. But they're with the Lord. And they're coming up once again with a perfect body. If you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, God's given you an unspeakable gift. Think about it this morning. A comic has Lucy and Charlie Brown talking, and Charlie Brown says to Lucy, I've got $9.12 to buy everybody a gift. And Lucy said, well, they're not going to be very good gifts. They're going to be kind of cheap gifts. And Charlie Brown replies by saying, it's not a cheap gift if it costs you everything you have. And you know what? Salvation is free, but it wasn't cheap. It cost Jesus Christ his life. The Bible says, but to as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Supposing today you offered someone a gift. It's all wrapped up. It's got their name on it to them and from you. And you go to hand it to them. And when you go to hand it to them, they do something sort of strange. They pull out their wallet. And they say, how much was it? You say, never mind how much it cost. It's a gift. Just take it. It's for you. It's free. They say, no, no, no. I want to pay for it. I want to pay for it. How much was it? You know what you would be? You'd be, you'd be taken back. You'd be insulted. You know what God says? That his unspeakable gift is a free gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you're here this morning without Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God's not asking you to earn it. God's not asking you to become a better person in order to be saved. God's not telling you to join a church in order to be saved. God's not telling you to get into the waters of baptism in order to be saved. He's asking you if you're willing to receive a free gift on the basis of his son's death and burial and resurrection. Do you know Christmas is a a kind of a strange birthday party. Have you ever been to a birthday party where everybody comes to the party and gives gifts to each other, but not to the one whose birthday it is? So here we are this morning, and as we wrap this up, let's stop and think for a second. Whose birthday is it? And what does he want? First of all, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, more than anything else, I know what is on the top of Jesus' list of things that he would like. He'd like you to come to him in repentance and trust him as your personal Savior. It's really that simple. Just agree with God that you deserve death for your sins. The wages of sin is death. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
and, it, and just agree with him about what he says about your sins, that you deserve to go to hell as a result of those sins. You have sinned against God's holy law. But God has given you an out, his unspeakable gift. His son died on the cross for all of those infractions, for all of those sins, for all of your moral and spiritual and physical crimes against him. And God is willing to wash those completely clean. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I know that's something the Lord wants today at Christmas. What about us as believers? What what can we give to him? How about this one? Thanks and praise. Thanks and praise. My wife and I were talking just the other day and, and taking a little inventory, doing a little math and kind of budgeting, and how much we need to spend for gifts, and how much we're going to spend, and how much, and by the way, everything went up, didn't it? I'll tell you what, inflation, uh, it's here, isn't it? But you know, when I think about it, thanks and praise, that's free. Just telling them how much you love them. Telling them how much you appreciate what he's done for you. And as a result of that, living for him. Living for him. How about this one? Be a witness for him. Be a witness for him. The Moravians in the 17, late 1700s and early 1800s used to have a saying. They say, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. You know, Christ, as much or maybe more than anything else, wants to see people come to him as their savior. But you know what? They can't. Unless we tell them. Somebody's got to tell them. Amen. Think about it this morning. Who told you? Who told you? Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. You know what you might want to do this Christmas? (laughs) You might want to get down on your knees and thank God you grew up in a Christian home. Instead of doing what so many, so many young people do that are raised in a Christian home, complaining about some things that they can't do because they're in a Christian home. You know, when you get older, you're going to look back and say, thank you, Mom and Dad, for some of those things that I couldn't do. And start remembering all the things you can do and all the blessings you have as a result of your heritage. How about those of us that were saved out of a life of sin and the dregs in the world? How about if we get on our knees this morning and thank him for saving us out of that, amen? But how about if we just start telling others about Jesus Christ, especially this time of year? Tell them about the unspeakable gift. Tell them about the gift that keeps on giving. And then how about this one? How about this gift to each other? And I, you know, I think it's great giving giving gifts to each other. We go out and we buy stuff and, and, uh, you know, people say it's the thought that counts. And, you know, as you get older, it really is. It really is. I'm, I'm not sitting here on pins and needles today hoping I get a certain something and, you know, if I don't get it, I'm, I'm going to be all disappointed and, and, and distraught. But you know what? It is the thought. It is the thought that someone thought about you. Can, can, I, can I suggest to you this, this morning, probably the greatest gift you can give to your brothers and sisters in Christ? And that is honest to, good and, honest to goodness, heartfelt, sincere, get down on your knees, prayer for them. Brother Rich Peterson gave me this after Ricky went home to be with the Lord some years ago. And he talked to me about her her prayer file. 
showed me a picture of it. It had all these tabs, had all the kids, had all of you grandkids in there, had ministries in the church in there, and it had a tab for me. And it says, Pastor to Michael, renew his spirit and equip him for preaching and leading our flock. Renew his strength and nourish his body, keep him healthy. Pray for his wife, Carol. Yeah, you got to pray for her, married to me. And meet her needs. Pray for his children and their spouses to continually bless the Lord. You talk about a gift. You talk about a gift. You know what? In the end, that may be the best gift we can give to each other. Honest, sincere, heartfelt prayer. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you this morning that we could sing these sweet songs of Zion. And Lord, that at least for a moment, at least in broad terms, Lord, the world turns its attention to Jesus Christ, his birth. I know, Lord, a lot of them don't understand what it's all about. They'll, they'll sing hymns about Christ, and uh, a lot of times they're not even thinking about what they're singing. But, Lord, it, it does point to you. This time of year does, does get people distracted sometimes from their distractions. And, Lord, help us to seize the opportunity as believers. Help us to step out. Help us to tell others. Help us not to get so caught up in the hustle and bustle ourselves with gifts and get-togethers and stuff that, that we fail to take this opportunity, Lord. Lord, help us to give you that gift of thanks and praise. And in so doing, go out and tell others and not be ashamed. Lord, help us to pray for one another. And God... We pray this morning for anyone that's listening, either over live stream, looking in, or here today. They've not received Christ as their personal Savior. Help them to realize it's a simple matter of repentance, agreeing with God about their sins and being willing to turn. And then trusting Christ who died for all their sins, was buried and risen again. Thank you, Lord this morning for your unspeakable gift. And we pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, we got 130, Amazing Grace. Let's stand up, 130. Amazing Grace, how sweet.
Brother Ken Doty, would you please come up and close us in a word of prayer? Have a great Christmas, folks. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you in this season, we thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ and for what he has done, not only for humanity, for this great nation, for this body, for these people, for our families, for our children. And Lord, thank you for the one who told us. It truly changed our lives. And like Pastor said, how we see and how we talk and how we hear the places we go. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who came and gave. And gave something 100%. So let us, Father, go out today and have a smile and tell everyone we know that not only does Jesus live, but he's coming back. And he's coming back soon. And, Lord, thank you. Just thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your salvation. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.